Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow female artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom these women have to offer. Today I sit down with Nilu Handa as we attempt to drink an entire pitcher of water each before the episode ends. Is that safe? We have no idea. (laughs) It seems Nilu has her hand in every comedy coming out of Toronto these days. You can catch her as an actor, a writer, or both in shows like Working Moms, Decoys, The Beaverton, Baroness Von Sketch Show, and Jan, starring Jan Arden. Jan Arden. So cool. She is the creator and producer behind Merchy Comedy, a live show that features funny women of color. The show just got a spicy new look and has an upcoming virtual show on Thursday, September 3rd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For more information about the show or anything else Merchy Comedy, head to at MerchyComedyTO on Instagram. Nilu is definitely one of those people I've admired from afar for too long, both for her talent and the boss-like way she seems to operate. So I was thrilled and so nervous to finally have a one-on-one conversation with her. She is a writer, an actor, and a woman I admire immensely. Okay, so today we are drinking eight glasses of water, and I want to know why eight? Like, why was that the number? I don't know. That's just what I've heard from every source that says how many glasses of water you should drink in a day. And I always try to make, like, make goals for myself in a day. I fail at them quite often and I forget to make them, but <laughs> drinking more water is always one of them as I'm sure it is for everybody. Um, so I, I thought what better way to um, spend some time, but drink two liters of water with you. Yeah. This multitasking. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I pouring my first glass uh, in preparation for this, I realized it's going to be my first glass of the day and it is nighttime. Right. See, like, it's a problem. It's, it is a problem. Part. You're it inside is. dehydrated. You're like a you're like a dehydrator. Yeah, seriously. I also have my little pitcher here. I'm starting from here, so let's just okay. see if I can finish this bruiser by the end of this conversation. I figured like this little line is gonna be like my glass, like my official number of glasses. We have the same glass. <gasps> That's adorable. Is it IKEA? Of course it's Ikea. It's like, where else? Where else? Also, I'm realizing how heavy this is or how I need to work out because that was hard to, I held up. Probably both. both. I think that's also Ikea. It's a good look. Oh, I think the trick is just like slam it back. Do you think? Yeah. Just the whole thing. I wish I had smaller. I don't have any shorter glasses than this. No, you can fill it less then. Next time. Okay. I'll just fill it like to here. Maybe we should ceremoniously just do the first one together. Okay, love it. Just slam it back. Yeah. To yeah. you, Nilu. Cheers. Cheers. I just filled it all over myself. Oh dear. I'm gonna feel so good at the end of this. Maybe. Or you can die from it too. You can drown yourself from the inside. Wait, are you saying that to see if I'll believe you or is that serious? No, no. There's a there's a lady. <laughs> maybe, maybe just like a one of those urban myths, but um, back when the Wii was first being introduced to the world, the radio station held a contest is like how long you can hold your Wii for, to win a Wii. And this lady drowned herself. She like drank so much water that she like died. Like a Wii, like the video game console? 
Yeah. Oh. Nintendo. What? Yeah. How much water did she drink? I don't know, but I mean, what a stupid way to die. I feel bad for her. Is it eight glasses? No, I'm kidding. Imagine. Imagine I it only not. took that much too. Right? Yeah. That's why they tell us to drink eight. Nine will take you over the edge. But eight. Nine will take us over. Yeah. The maximum. I realized too, I'm so loud when I pour my water. I'll do it away from my microphone. So no, I like, no. I'm okay with noisy eating. Okay. I think fine. Do you like ASMR? Um, I don't like, whenever it comes up in my life, like I will pay attention to it, but it's not something I seek out. Like I don't think to be like, oh, I need to chill. Let me watch this. <laughs> yeah move a box like I don't it's so fucking weird to me it is people make like a living off of it that's great yeah that's great. yeah actually um Bobby Homer a friend of both of ours wrote uh <laughs> no Nilo you have such a good poker face can I tell I'm, you I'm I cannot I count <laughs> the number of times that I have interacted with you where I'm like Oh my God. Uh, like I'm, I'm going to piss my pants. I'm scared. But does she hate me? Is that where you go? Does it? she hate me? Did I say something stupid? Uh, does she think I'm cool? Like, yeah. I, no, all, uh, no, I think you're cool. I have a very <laughs> sardonic like edge to me. I don't even think it's wit. I think I'm just sardonic. <laughs> oh, so I make people uncomfortable. I don't mean to. I really don't. I'm just I don't know what it is. I think I like look for a joke or I'm like gone somewhere in my head or I'm usually paying attention with somebody, but I just want to, I, I feel like I want to test like the relationship and how strong our bond will be kind of thing. So if I'm, if I'm that person, how do you respond to it? And if I'm, if I, if I get a read that like you hate it, then I won't be that person. <laughs> but if you like it, then we're going to be doing bits forever. That's, that's kind of where I go. I love that, that you're like, all right, I'm just going to test. So I know what this is right going into it. Like, I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. 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 It's all silly, I think. Yeah. Well, you're also like incredibly good at references. Like that was another thing I was like, oh, you're so good. At you pull out references where I like, I can't Google to keep up. Was it the Wii story? The, okay. Wow. Thanks to my mom. I do know what a Wii is. Like <laughs> W-I-I. Um, yeah. I know Nintendo. I have a Switch. Like, oh That's yeah, great. I'm up with that. But okay. no, like it was in listening to, well, first of all, just like anytime if I'm around you and if you make a reference, but also I was listening to um, a bunch of your podcast episodes and I was like, oh, you are so fabulous at references. And that's one of my, that's one of my kryptonites. Like I'm always nervous that someone's going to make a reference that I'm going to be like, whoo, I have no idea what they just said. Oh, so okay. I guess I should just say, I'm going to disappoint you like through this whole thing. Oh, I don't think that's possible. I mean, you'll make references because they're references that you're familiar with. You know what I mean? Like right. that's a natural thing. You'll make references. I, I don't, I don't, I, that's so funny. Cause I don't think of myself as someone who makes a lot of references, but that's the more I know about myself, the better, I guess. So thank you for teaching or, me. Or you know what? Or just that you, because I, I don't, think like in a conversation, I don't think you're like, oh, 50% references, 50% off. But just when you make a reference, it is so perfectly like attuned to that moment. And they're from a bunch of different places. Like it's not always from like one show. I make references from like Real Housewives and Friends. Like that's all I have. Okay. But like, yeah, incredible. Okay. I Well, thank you. That's you're very welcome. kind of you to compliment me so lavishly. <laughs> well, what can I say? Thank you.
even, even though I have been intimidated by you, like the whole time knowing you, and I don't know you that well, but anytime I run into you, first of all, I always feel like I make an idiot of myself when I run into you. <laughs> Any no, genuinely. Yes. No. Yes. One no. time I ran into you while I ran at full speed for the last ferry leaving Toronto Island with my partner holding the ferry being like, what? C hurry, babe, run. And I'm, r I'm not athletic. I'm running. And then I just run on the boat and see you and I'm sweaty and disgusting. And I don't know what to say. Cause I like admire you. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, we were all sweaty and disgusting. Coming we from were. Like, you, you're going to be clean coming after coming up from that. Yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't think that. I mean, one time just to give context. One time I ran into you at the actor awards and the actress, the actors union in Toronto. And in like the area where there was like the dance floor, they had a big screen up and they were showing a bunch of different shows and they showed a clip from this show, New Eden. And I literally turned to you and I was like, oh, that's such a good show. Have you seen it? And you just gave me this look. And immediately, I think I said to you, I was like, you're in it, aren't you? And I didn't get to watch the whole show because my crave, my free crave membership <laughs> oh, expired. No. And it was not in my budget to re-up re it. So I only watched some of it, but immediately I knew like, this is an amazing show. Yeah. I told you to watch a show you're on. That's a good tip, though. Some people don't watch the shows that they're on. So, I mean, thank you for that. I think that's great. I, I'm just in the last episode for a bit. So, you, you have nothing to feel bad about. I'm, I'm sorry that you crave right out. How are you watching Drag Race, then? Um, I have... Wait. Drag Race All-Stars is on Out TV Go, which I have. Okay. Okay. Great. Canada's Drag Race. Yeah. How was I watching that? And I haven't seen the finale. Because no, I was away and caught. Oh, it's still on. Okay. Oh yeah, there's still. Oh a bunch. my goodness. Okay, that's fair. Who 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 has their own Crave account in this economy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Or a Disney yeah. Plus account? I have like a couple of them. I'll share them with people. They share theirs. Like, how am I supposed to get all of them? Yeah. No. That, I, yeah. You don't need to. Absolutely no. not. No. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering. Like, I realize that I don't know you well, but I have always been very drawn to you? Like if I find it, we have a mutual friend, I'm like happy. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. then maybe somehow. So I'm wondering like what kinds of people, if you look at your past and stuff, what kinds of people are you drawn to? Do you think? Oh, um, total narcissist usually. <laughs> <laughs> like <we> all <laughs> I think that's the real house I go to. Um, <laughs> No, I think, um, well, I just like the good hearts, man. I like the good, the good hearted and funny people. I think that always grabs me. And like, mm -hmm. you know, you can tell when someone's like, you know, like on a level that you can get with kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, just like warmth is something I go towards. It, people sometimes feel too hard to get to know, like even on like a, a quick level, like a surface mm -hmm. level. I find that to be difficult with some people. And I just feel like a lot of people are very um, uh, caged up and they're mm. uh, apprehensive to show vulnerability or like whatever. Like maybe I am uh, terrifying to people as you're describing me as. Um, but I, <laughs> so I, flattering. Just, I, <laughs> I just like to, yeah, I just connect with people who are, um, you know, sweet and smart and fun and all those good things, I think. Mm. Yeah. 
how do you hope that you come across to people when you meet them? Would you say like similar things or how would you hope people experience you? Oh, uh, not narcissistic. <laughs> the opposite, yeah. Not as narcissistic as I might be. Um, uh, yeah, I, that's such an interesting question. Um, I think uh, if people feel like I'm warm and funny perhaps, um, and smart. I think those are the three best things that I could think of to be known as. Mm -hmm. That would be like, that would be ideal. I'm sure I come across as a hot mess sometimes to some people. Um, I feel like everyone I, comes across that way sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, my batting average, if it's like more towards the, you know, not a psycho kind of thing, I think yeah. that's, great. that's, that's, that's the bee's knees. That's the bee's knees. Yeah. yeah. Even just like a 51% to like 49%. Like we'll just do even like, yeah, yeah. I'm always surprised. Like I'm always surprised or I'm always interested in how people come across to other people. Cause I feel like sometimes it's so different than how we think we're coming across in our head or, or sometimes how we see ourselves. Like I'm finding, I think people come across more true to themselves than they actually realize. I think they're hiding themselves not as well as they think. Oh, that's very astute, I think. Yeah, it's also like all the conversations that you're having in your own head aren't anything that anyone else is privy to, right? right. So all that shit that you say about yourself or <laughs> the judgments that you cast or whatever it is, it's like that's not how people see you. That's not, that's not what's going through their brain as they're experiencing you. It's like they're going through their own dialogue in their head about like who they are kind of thing. So it's just like we're just like mirrors, I suppose, of each other. Hmm. It's very matrix of me, isn't it? That was, like, no, yeah, that was beautiful. I'm on to glass three, Amanda. I'm just three. I'm just okay, hold on. Back. Okay, okay. I'm pounding it back, and I got to tell you something. It feels moist. <laughs> Some people hate that word. How do you feel about the word moist? I mean, you just used it, so maybe that's a dumb question. I think I did use it in the gross way as a punchline because it's gross. Oh. Yeah. See, this is why you are a successful. <laughs> writer. Okay. Well, speaking of successful, Neela, okay. Now this is three. So you just poured four, right? Okay. This is like, you know what? No, this, this is my third, I believe. Oh, okay. Me too. I, I'm down two strips on my cup here. I'll just show you. I, I'm down two. So we started here and now I'm down here. Okay. So, I might, I might need more water. Hey, you know, this little tiny water. pitcher. I think if you do that much and that was your first glass of the water today, don't ever do it. You know what I mean? Just stick oh, with that. Because of the wee lady. Like I might yeah, die. Don't, don't wee yourself to death. And I don't need another wee console. Like I don't need one. Do they even make them anymore? It feels like it's obsolete. I think, I think you're right. They made a wee and then they made like a wee. Oh, my mom would be so disappointed that I don't know the next one. Your mom has a Wii? Uh, she has a Wii and she has a Wii whatever and she has a Nintendo Switch. And she had a GameCube and an N64. She had wow. all of them. Oh, yeah. She's great. She has a hardcore Nintendo. Yeah, I grew up listening to her uh, chopping down little bushes in Zelda. Oh, yeah, I thought that... you were going to say something else, but that's cool. <laughs> no. I didn't know what you were going to say, but I thought yeah. it was something else. I just went chopping down and it was like, where okay. is she going to go with this? What's yeah. happening? No. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. And she would like be the whole, like she's a person where she wants a hundred percent of the game done. Like she'll Google the little hidden stuff and she'll print it out and she'll put it beside her. And then she'll like figure out how to do all the hidden little mi like missions. 
She'll yeah. print it out. That's adorable. Oh yeah. We had like a big purple binder from Western University full of the uh, clues and stuff for Zelda. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. I'm honestly bad at University. Did you go to Western? Uh, she did. Oh, yeah. She went back to school. She, uh, I got really sick as a baby and they couldn't figure out what was going on. And then she ended up bringing me to a naturopath and they figured out what was going on with me. Uh, surprise. I was just lactose intolerant. Um, and then she, that inspired her to become a naturopathic doctor. So she went back to school. Very cool. And bought a binder. Yeah. For Zelda. She deserves all the Nintendo gadgets. She really does. Oh my gosh. My mom deserves everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, okay. So your first, speaking of successful mom, back to Nilu, uh, your first, correct me if I'm wrong, but your first like recurring character on a show was Jade on Working Moms. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yes. I would also say my only recurring part on the <laughs> no. show. I've done like a couple days on things here and there, but that, that's been my longest term thing that I've done. Yes, but I could also, I mean, I think decoys is recurring. I think avocado toast is recurring. Sure. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just thinking like television stuff, but yeah, for sure. I've been in those websites. Yeah. Fair. That's totally fair. Which I love. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. (laughs) No, now I'm like, oh my God, I blocked her in a corner. Like what did I do? No, I just like. (laughs) That on me for not thinking about web series in those moments. But oh, yeah, that's completely, that's totally TV. Stuff. Uh, no, you're, you're badass on screen. Like you have a lot. And I'm wondering what it was like walking onto set that first day on Working Moms. Like, did you know that the character, did you know? Cause sometimes you know the character is going to have a bunch of episodes and sometimes you don't know. Did you know already? I did know. Yeah, okay. I did know that I was going to be in every episode for the season. Um, which was like just such a boom. Like I didn't expect it. And it came out of like just a self tape that I sent. And then like, I heard like a few days later and it was like, you know, by the time when you're an actor, you, you know, this, it's like, you just like, you just shoot, like you just try and see whatever sticks like audition. You can't get too precious about it. And like hoping things come to you and stuff like that. And, um, so I had reached a point, I think in my experience where I was just like, Oh, just whatever, put it out there. If it happens, it happens. And then it happened. And it was like, Oh, this is a game changer for me. This feels Mm. incredibly good. Um, and then, yeah, my first day on set was, uh, <laughs> it was incredible. I feel like I was completely underprepared for the day. Really? Why? Lines. Just, just, I think just, there's this thing about, uh, maybe it's just me, like, but as an improviser, mm. you have this like fake confidence that you think you're going to just be able to get the lines and it's going to be fine because you know <laughs> how to improvise. But then it's like, no, 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 you have to know word for word and get on that. <laughs> in that in that spot with people that you just have met and like learn how to like connect with them and like say your lines in a way that doesn't feel like you're just reading them off in your brain Mm. act is the word that I'm looking for (laughs) um um, so yeah that that first day I felt like I was a bit nervous I was very nervous I was very nervous because um my (laughs) the first scene that I shot was like after lunch I had been like waiting in hair and makeup forever and um it was a mommy and me circle if you've seen the show so Mm -hmm. we're like all sitting around in a group kind of thing and uh Catherine's father was there and if you know who that is it's Ivan Reitman who's a director um he's directed like Ghostbusters and like everything and he's very to me he was very recognizable like I knew who he was instantly mm-hmm. um and he was right beside the camera so he was in my eyeline and I was just like why why is this oh. happening what, what? <laughs> it just felt like a lot of 
pressure. It was crazy, but it was also like, this is so cool, that kind of thing. So I was a little bit out of my, um, my zone as an actor in those moments. Cause there was like just so many cool things happening around me too. And like your, so your first scene is the mommy and me scene, which like has all the babies and your character has twins. I was thinking like, not yeah. only do you get one baby, but you're yeah. going to get two. Yep. <laughs> like how is it working with them? Also your twin boys on that show were so cute. They're very cute. Oh. And I have a, a secret on set secret for you. They're actually girls. Are they? They're still yeah, so cute. So but, cute. Uh, so, so cute. okay. So how many of the babies on set are secretly not, are secretly another, another, <laughs> I'm trying to phrase another. this question. How many of the babies are, are being presented as boys, but are actually girls and vice versa? None. It was just my babies. Oh, just your babies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But, but all the kids are, all the babies are twins. Mm-hmm. Um, they swap them in and out, but I had both of them at once, which was, uh, very cool. <laughs> That's what I was wondering because yeah, for, for TV often, like if they're, if they're, uh, for viewers or listeners, if they're like casting a baby or a, a, a young child, they'll often cast twins so that like they can swap off and the baby doesn't have to have so much time on, you know, on screen. Um, yep. I was like, does Neil have quadruplets? Like what is happening with her uh, babies? I, yeah. Yeah, no, they were just, uh. Really cute kids who are very tired at the end of the day. Oh, just little hard workers. Yeah, it's so hard for babies, right? They don't know what's going on. They just want to, like, throw shit. Like, what are are we doing here? Why do I have to behave as, like, a a one-and-a-half-year-old? Yeah. Seriously. It was very very tricky. I'm sure production had to pull their hair out a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually – I'm really good friends with the editor, and I was like, what was it like editing babies? Like, how's that? Yeah, yeah. Cause it would be, oh, it would just be so fun. It's funny. Sometimes I watch shows and I see like little babies or young, young little actors and I'm jealous. And I'm like, let's, Amanda, let's check yourself. Like you should not be, you don't need to be jealous of a baby. Like chill. Right. Right. But still you can be jealous of a baby. They don't know what's going on. You know, like they get that bliss of ignorance. Yeah. So I feel like being jealous of a baby is the right way to feel. (laughs) Thank you. That was so validating. Yeah, uh, no, I support you. I support you in your, in your uh, struggle. Thank you. To that, I'm going to take another drink. I'm just topping this one off. Okay, I fabulous. Finish it. I wonder I when I'm going to have to pee. Mm-hmm. That's also a fun game. Because I have done the eight glasses of water before, or like just tons of water in a day. And you do have to pee very frequently. And eventually you just pee out water. Like your, your pee should be crystal clear by wow. the end of it. With like just a slight tinge of yellow. That's what you're shooting for. Should that be what your pee is all the time? Like, is that healthy? Um, as a medical professional, in my own mind, uh, I don't know. These are the questions I, I brought you on the podcast to ask you, Nilo. I'm wondering what my pee should look like. Yeah, no, uh, we can Google that real quick. We, <laughs> I could also can... probably ask my mom, like, yeah. like I do yeah. with every, every other, every other. I actually, um, I had to go in to get an ultrasound and they Ooh. wanted me to drink. Um, they said drink like 750 milliliters to a liter of water an hour before you come. So okay. I did, I have never had to pee so bad in my life. Like yeah, I was in so much pain and the Ooh. ultrasound technician, as she's doing it, she's like, Oh, you're too full. Oh, you poor thing. Oh, hold oh. on. Wow. I'm like, well, 
I don't know. She asked me to like pee a little bit out and keep some in. And she's like, never mind. You might not be able to do that. So she just did the whole thing. And I don't know. And then she kept, and then she's like, wait, wait, don't go yet. I want to measure how much liquid you have in your bladder. And I just had to, I don't oh my know. God. It was probably 750 milliliters. It was, I was like, that's how much I drank. So that's probably how much is in there. I could tell you that. That's just science. That's just science. That's a whole wine bottle of water that's in there. (laughs) Let me go pee. Yeah. 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 A good feeling is to pee though. Like when you really need to go, it is the most satisfying feeling. It's so satisfying. Ugh. 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 If we have to piss really bad. Yeah. In the middle of this interview and we have to hold it and then wait until the end to go to the bathroom, it's going to be the best pee of your life. Absolutely. After this podcast will be the best pee of my life. If we don't have to pee during, because if we have to pee during, we have to pee during. That's what we're doing. No, Um, I think let it ride. I think if you're going to win it, if you're going to be in it, you should win it. You know what I mean? In it to win it. Dream it. You can do it. Yeah. Go big or go home. So you have worked on so many professional sets, Nilu. It blows my mind. Like just off the top of my head. Baroness mm-hmm. Von Sketch, The Beaverton, mm-hmm. Working Moms, Jan, Decoys, New Eden. Like I could go on and on. So I'm wondering what was the scariest set to walk into? And this could include writing or acting. Like what was the scariest one to, to walk into for you? The scariest one. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't really know. I don't know that I think about it in those terms. If it's scary, I feel the most intimidating for sure was mm. moms because that was my biggest one to date kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um, I think maybe like uh, I, I ignorance is bliss kind of thing. So a lot of times I'll go on set and I don't really I don't know anything. So I'm just like ah, I'm having fun kind of thing. And I don't have to worry about being intimidated or anything by mm. people. I don't I don't really feel that a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess. Um, I don't have an answer for your question. <laughs> Great. Well, do you, do you get nervous for like auditions or self tapes? I know you sort of mentioned like, you're just like, I just got to go in at this point and do it, but do you get nervous for those? Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's been lots of times when I get nervous. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't think that goes away. I don't think any of that stuff goes away. Like I get nervous on camera sometimes too, before I take. And mm-hmm. you know, if, if we have to like rush a shot or something and there's not much time and you know, you're not going to get many takes. It's like, there's a lot of pressure in my own head about like, Oh, get this right. Mm-hmm. Um, doing like auditions and stuff is also hard. You've seen me come out of auditions looking, um, exploded. Right? <laughs> imploded. Imploded. Yeah just imploded inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that that is part of our career. It's just like, it's always going to be a bit terrifying mm-hmm. uh, at times. Um, yeah. So, but getting, <clears throat> getting better at auditions is a good uh, progressive step to just kind of learn how to uh, calm yourself down a little bit and mm. not take it so seriously perhaps, and just like breathe into what you're doing instead of like being so worried. Mm-hmm. I think preparation is also like as much as you can be prepared, the better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does it feel, does it feel different walking onto a set as an actor on a show that you're also in the writer's room? Uh, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. There's more familiarity with the tone of the show. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, and I've done that on, uh, 
a lot of them. So Baroness and uh, the Beaverton mm-hmm. and Jan have all have all have written on all of them. Then Odd Squad too, um, mm-hmm. but I haven't acted in those ones. So yeah, that's that's always been like oh, I'm very familiar with with the way this goes mm-hmm. and should go in my head. But then also <laughs> listen to what the director wants. Uh, well. I guess yeah. Ugh. What's like mm-hmm. now that you've been on, you know, various sets or in various writers' rooms, like what's something that you wish you knew earlier about the job or about the industry? Oh, um, uh, you're not as horrible as you think you are. I think, I think I, I set really high expectations for myself. So it's hard for me to like ship things, um, Mm -hmm. like in terms of just being, okay, it's good to go. Just let it go. Uh, I usually want to like, just like beat it to death or like think it's not good enough or like, Mm -hmm go through all those motions with it but I've been really relaxing into just like no no this is good enough and this is not good enough but this is good don't don't like kill yourself over this um because you're just like it's just this game with the demon in your head versus Mm -hmm. like actual reality um and that I think that if I could be able to if I had been able to digest that when I was first starting out a bit better um, I feel like I would have been more productive and done more work, like even with writing and stuff like that, like just tried more things and not been, not be so afraid to fail. Like the stakes mm-hmm. are much higher for me now, like um, just because it's paid work now, it's not like I'm doing like, you know, improv or sketches kind of thing. And there's room to, there's room to like learn a lot there. Um, now my time is consumed with the the paid writing. And so it's like, oh, you got to, you got to just know what you're doing now um, mm. as much as possible. But I work in some really wonderful rooms. So um, just knowing that the people in this industry, you can find some really, really wonderful ones to work with, like really incredible mentors. Um, and I've been lucky to, to find a lot of them along the way. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Failing is like a hard one for me too. I don't, I hate failing in front of, I hate failing in front of my peers. Like I want my peers to have respect for me. And sure. so if I, I never want to fail in front of them, but then yeah, years go by and it's like, oh, well, it would have been nice if I would have tried this when I was five years younger, because I, who cares if I failed when I was like 20, let's say, but when right. I was 20, I felt like I'm too old to fail. I should know everything by now. For sure. You yep. know, I totally relate to that. Yep. That's a true feel. It's exactly what I'm saying too. It's like, mm. I go through that now. It's like, yeah, just like I should have failed five years ago, way yeah. more. <laughs> I could learn a bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess the, the freedom in that is that five years from now, you'll look back on yourself and be like, you could have failed more, maybe less than five years ago, but you know what I mean? I'd like, right. I don't know. Is there anything you wish you tried or like you wish you did that you, that you held back on? Um, yeah, I think about it all the time. Really? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, just stand up. I think I was on the improv grind for so long mm-hmm. uh, in doing those shows and stuff like that, that I didn't think it would be possible for me to do stand up kind of thing at the same time. And like, I have my outlet with, um, uh, yes, queen slash merchy. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's the thing that I host and I'm able to like be that person. Um, but I, sometimes I just look at stand and I'm like, Oh, that's great. Like you, you do exactly the thing that you want to do that comes from your brain. And it's like, um, it's your name that gets out there and you're like, you know, you're representing yourself and like taking a real good look at who you are along the way, I think. Um, yeah, so I admire, I admire stand-ups. I think like that's such a great, 
uh, a great skill to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you ever do it now? Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like I, I feel, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only two. It's like, just because you wanted to do it before, doesn't mean you still want to do it now, but you know right. what I mean? It's, but if you wanted to do it now, do you think you would do it now? I guess that's the difference. Um, yes, I would. I would, I would go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not in COVID times. I feel like that's hard. I do yeah. like host the show like Mirchi online, mm-hmm. um, which is a great, a great outlet for me. And like, just, um, uh, I look for those opportunities all the time to just mm-hmm. be a wisecracker and to formulate jokes and to like write content like that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, usually happens more so when I'm smoking weed or something (laughs) in the world, that type of deal. But, um, yeah, for the most point, most, most part, um, I would like to do it. I just Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know now. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'd like to like go to like New York or like Montreal and like, or Los Angeles and just like pretend like I'm a stand up from Toronto. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and just be okay to fail over there. But it is kind of what you're saying. It's like, it's hard to like fail in front of your peers. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all, yeah. which I shouldn't care about. Like, don't, don't people always talk about that? Like, just don't care about what other people think. Like, that's kind of a good thing in life. And yeah, I mean, I don't know how the fuck to get there. People say it. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then like, well, well, I'm still... I'm still replaying in my head how I told Nilu to watch the show she's on two years ago. Like I'm still doing that. So no, no, yeah, it's, I mean, I guess hopefully, yeah, hopefully I try, I try to just think like, okay, well, listen, there's going to be a bunch of people who just don't think I'm great. And that's just that who cares? Like, yeah, I don't know, but it's hard. I I also find that hosting comedy shows. I loved it. Cause I, I've always wanted to kind of do stand up, but like it also has been the most terrifying thing in the world that I've thought yeah. like to ever do. But hosting is right. great because you kind of get to do like a five minute set, but no one's looking yeah. at you as a stand up. So you don't have that pressure. Yeah. Like it's great. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's also like hosting is fun for me because you get to set the tone mm. as well. Like you're the person that the audience kind of like needs as a touchstone throughout the show. Mm-hmm. So that feels like a nice thing. And I loved hosting in Bad Dog for um, Yas Queen slash Mirchi. It's Mirchi now, so I'll just it call is. it Mirchi. Because um, yeah. uh, it's just like riffing with people and like playing with the audience and like just trying different shit with like the tech booth and stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just so much fun Yeah. in, in real life, yeah. I also, uh, the part of hosting I always really love too is I love... Um, like having the responsibility of taking care of the performers. Like I loved like, okay, what do the performers need after this set? Like, do they need me to like rile up the audience again? Do they need me to just get in and out? Do they, like, I liked being that support. I don't know. So I liked that part too. That's fun. Well, I think that's great. That's very empathetic of you. Oh. Well, thanks, Nilo. Thanks. It's so funny that my mom came up earlier because I actually have a question for you from my mom, which... <laughs> You're the first, my mom listens to every episode and you're the first guest that she wanted me to ask a question to. Oh, that's so, sweet. <laughs> so my mom is a huge fan of the show, Jan. Mm-hmm. She loves it. Mm-hmm. 
loves Jan Arden. She's constantly sends me um, like Instagram stories and posts and stuff. She's like, look at Jan. She's so funny sending me. Anyway, so she had a question for you from the show. (laughs) Um, Okay. So first of all, she wanted me to tell you um, because she knows that you uh, had written for it or do write for it. And she wanted me to tell you that she thinks it is very well written. Uh, from my mom. Thank you very much, mom. And she is wondering how much input does Jan Arden have in the writing of the show or what storylines make it on the show? A hundred percent. She's uh, in the room every day with us. We're writing season three right now over Zoom um, and she's calling in from her house in Calgary and um, she's very, she's very, very involved in all of it. So she signs off on all the storylines and, you know, uh, adds jokes all the time. And um, she's, yeah, it, the show is very much her. Aw, is she similar yeah. to the character she plays? No, she's like, Jan, Jan in real life is like one of the most generous and kind and funny people I've ever met. and. Jan on the show is a bit of an asshole, I think, is <laughs> what we portray. Um, so she's not like her at all in that respect. Funny, yeah, very, very funny. Like mm-hmm. the one-liners that come from real Jan sometimes, like just off the cuff are just, they blow my mind. She's oh. very, very, very funny. Uh, and she's very kind. Like I've, I've cried to her many times. <laughs> she's oh. very comforting and sweet. And um, yeah, yeah, she's very different though. Oh. Well, thank you for answering that for my mom and for me and for everybody. I was curious. I love Jan Arden. So I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Did you, were you a big fan before you met her or did you become a big fan? Like when you, you know what I mean? Uh, I was a huge fan. I used to go to her concerts all the time. Um, I even have a photo with me and my friends. We like found her after one of her shows back in like, oh my God, 2007 or something. And like, took a photo with her uh, as a group and then it got into her tour book, which is like just funny. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the reason that I met her was because she was on Working Moms and she played uh, um, Anne's mom yes. on the show. And we, were, we were all in an episode together and I saw her name on the call sheet the night before and I like lost my mind. <laughs> uh, and then she was on set. Like I like, I came up on the, to the trailer and at that time I was driving a Vespa um, and it was right behind like the car that was entering and she came out of the car and she's like, you look cool in that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to die now. You're like, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. And then we just like bonded that day. Like all of us, um, the women were in like a hotel room for the whole day and holding. Um, and so we would, we just like talked and I like tried not to fangirl so much, but fuck, I love her so much. Um, so, uh, and then she like asked for my number, which was like, what? And she also like posted a picture with me in it, uh, by the trailers. Like I was just with her and her dog and stuff like that. And I was just like, this is like, I don't know what life this I'm living here. Um, and then, uh, we just kept in touch. And then when her show came up, she gave me a call and she had always kept me in mind to be a writer for the show. Wow. Just what happened. Yeah. And did she, I guess she knew you were a writer already? Yeah. She, she knew me from like Baroness on sketch stuff Mm, basically mm -hmm. because she loved that show. So I think that was a good, uh, a good thing to have on my resume in that moment. You are such a celebrity, Nilu. Like I can't even handle. Oh just like, yeah, I just, I know you probably hate me saying this, honestly, but you can't. 
But like, that is probably one of the coolest stories I've ever heard from somebody that I know in real life. Oh, like, that's but that is amazing that, yeah, that is so cool. Oh, and it's nice to know she's so nice. You know, when like you, you love somebody and then someone's like, oh, I've met them and they're a jerk. And you're like, crap, yeah. crap. Well, she might have been a jerk once in a while. I don't know. <laughs> well, everybody can be jerks once in a while, but like on no, a consistent yeah. basis, she's, lovely. she's incredible. I like, she's a very good person. Oh yeah. Well, cheers to Jan Arden. I'm just cheers filling to- up my water again. And cheers, I'm like, cheers to Jan. Cheers. Oh, cheers to Jan. Our cheers that it froze. There you go. It, did I freeze? No, I was going to leave my cup there to like do a little joke. I'm like, no, oh, I think I'm oh, less than half now, which feels very exciting. Oh, totally. And I splash my face every time I drink. It's like, I'm a child. Um, okay. thanks. Neil. Okay. So you brought up uh merchy comedy. So you've been running a lot. Okay. So you've been producing a live comedy show for since like 2015, right? Merchie yes. Queen? Yes. Yeah. Formally named Yes Queen, as you said. Um, and then you also were producing a podcast of the same name and for the show yes. and the podcast, you were featuring funny women of color. Yeah. And I'm wondering, okay, so the show was renamed Merchy comedy. Why Merchy when you were looking for a new name? Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, Merchi means uh, spicy mm-hmm. in uh, Hindi and Punjabi, basically. Uh, and it was just something that my... <laughs> um, so my team, I have two assistants, and then my partner, we were just, like, talking one night, and I was having a lot of trouble with figuring out a new name. Like, I wanted to call it something boring. I wanted to call it... <laughs> I named it Get Bent Comedy <laughs> for a little bit. And then everyone was like, this is good, but no. And I was like, no, you already changed everything. Um, so oh, at that point, that, you would change, like, the Instagram and stuff to Get Bent? Yeah, I had to. I had, everyone was like, it's cool. Okay, but I think they were just, like, being nice to me or something. Yeah. Then I was, like, sat down and thought about it. I'm like, this is a bad name. And then a quick <laughs> Google search uh that bent get bent is like a derogatory term for the queer community and i was like i it had origins in that and i'm like i didn't oh. I, I didn't associate with that at all yeah um, but you you know you do better when you know better so um then it was like <laughs> the other name i wanted was the shift just to talk about like the shift in comedy but then everyone was like that sounds like you're working at tim hortons that's not fun. oh the shift yeah. that's yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Mirchi came up uh, just because um, I think the you know I was being supported in telling uh, into having it be more reflective of who I am as a person, mm-hmm. and I come from a South Asian background. I am South Asian. Um, so I yeah, my partner just reminded me that I always say that food is too spicy, so I always say that it's Mirchi. Uh, and so that was like, oh, that makes sense, Mirchi, because like it's too hot, you know, it's mm. too hot for you. So, I love it. Yeah, it feels like the right sentiment for the show. Absolutely. It feels, yeah, it feels exactly the right sentiment. Yeah. When, when I, uh, and the new art is beautiful also. Thank you. Yes. Who created the artwork? Um, oh, no. <laughs> it came from, no, it came from the original poster, like the arm mm. graphic and the thing, but I, I did it. Oh, yeah. Nilu. Yeah. I oh, used to have a background in marketing. I used to oh, do that I world. I know so that. That design and stuff. I, yeah. I, I, I've been steadily teaching myself how to do design, like on Illustrator or Photoshop. Uh, I'm not very good at it. Like that took like hours and hours and hours of my life, but <laughs> I'm pretty happy with how it ended up. I think I, it was, it started with the color, the red color. I mm-hmm. really love that color. Um, and then it just went from there. I was like, what can we do? 
And now it just accidentally kind of looks like a, uh, like a, a uterus at the bottom of the arms kind of thing. I didn't realize that was happening, but then I looked at it and I'm like, oh, it looks like a uterus. This looks great. Okay. So that's a type of woman. Let's do that. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to share the, the artwork on the, on the podcast Instagram so people can see. It is so good. Cool. I'm going to look for the uterus after this because that's so funny. I should say the original artist, her name is Amal Perzada, and she's really, really wonderful. So follow her on Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. And she did the, like the arm, she did the original, the Yaz Queen one? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, okay. So you uh, were also doing a podcast for a number of years with Yaz Queen where you were interviewing people as well. Yeah. I'm wondering like, okay, so what was your experience like in being candid in these conversations? Were you ever like, how aware were you that maybe friends and family would, or potential coworkers would hear the episodes and not like what you said or like taking you out of job opportunities? Oh, um, I think I did censor myself mm. along the same lines that I usually censor myself when I talk publicly about things. Like I just, I keep things close to the vest a little mm -hmm. bit, but um, I don't think talking about vulnerability, uh, is ever like a bad thing, uh, for me. Um, maybe it is, maybe I'm being ignorant about it, but, um, I would rather talk about real like feelings than bullshit around stuff. And whenever we get into that on the podcast, I feel like those are, those are the conversations that feel the most beneficial, mm. um, and fun to be honest. Cause like, you can play with your personas, but like what's underneath it? Like, let's talk about some real stuff. And, you know, some, some guests are open to that. And I think, you know, in the career that we're in and in the community that we're in, it's very important to be able to talk. Um, yeah. So I didn't, I don't think I ever really worried about what other like job opportunities would be lost or anything. I don't <laughs> think I thought about that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, it just feels like, uh, something that was organic. So I never really thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. I'm realizing in you answering that, like, of course, cause it, it's not like you ever said anything that would legit take you out of a job. And I'm thinking about it. Like, well, what if I say something that someone thinks is lame? And so they don't want to work with me. Like I'm like low, I am making it like, what if they just think I'm a lame person and then they never want to cast me and they thought I was cool. And then I ruined it for them which is like, I'm coming from such a low status place. Yeah. And in your response, I recognized it. I was like, oh no, <laughs> it's yeah. not like I'm ever worried. I'm going to say something. Yeah. I think it's also like, do you want to work with people like that? Mm. If they don't, if they, you know, go towards the people that like you and you like versus mm -hmm. like trying to impress people that it's hard to fit in with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's so true. Instead of like mm. trying, trying to impress everybody. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that this morning while I was making coffee. I'm like, why am I constantly worried about what everybody thinks when I can think of some people who like make me feel so wonderful about who I am or who love me, who know me and love me. Like, why am I chasing all these people when like, you got it good right where you are, you know? Yeah. I think it's just human nature. You want to be like feel like you're part of the tribe kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So one thing you said on the podcast, this was like a number of years ago, but I wanted to ask you about it. 
So you said that you make it a rule not to say no to anything. And I'm wondering how that's changed over the years and how you assess like what you'll say no to now and what, what, you know, you, you won't sign on to for a project. Right. Um, I, you know, there, I, I think, um, <laughs> what is the answer to those questions? <laughs> um, uh, there, there, there's, there's sometimes there's projects that, you know, are attached to people that you don't particularly feel good about working with. Mm. Um, so I think that would be instances where I would rethink things and kind of assess if I really think it's worth the experience to go through that. Um, but for the most part, if it fits into my schedule, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, that stuff all. It, you learn from everything, right? And mm -hmm. some jobs are better than others. Um, but but it always feels like it's good to say yes and to be open to it. Because, I don't know, I feel like I've given a lot to this career and a lot of sacrifice, I think. And, like, being able to uh, get to a place where you can pick and choose your jobs is, like, super ideal. I don't, I don't know that that can ever... <laughs> happen for uh, I don't know if on the regular basis but um it's it's yeah I think being able to have uh a bit of uh self-respect and know what you want to work on versus what is going to feel like you're hating every single day mm -hmm. um and a lot of it has to do with people and the dynamics in a group kind of thing um Sometimes you don't know that until you get in. And I haven't been through that experience very much at all. Like there's just like one that's in my brain. Uh, but it was a great learning experience for me. So mm. is yeah. it easier to say no now than it used to be? Like now that you have more credits or more experience, is it easier to say no to a project and feel okay about it versus maybe before? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I guess like I, I would imagine that maybe the... I always worry saying no to a project, like, well, what if nothing, what if nothing happens again or, or, yeah. you know, but I guess if time after time you see like things will come, then maybe that irrational voice in your head, like goes away a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't say no to much, to be honest. There's mm -hmm. just like some things that feel not aligned kind of thing. If like an audition comes through and it's like, I can't, this isn't what I want to be doing. Um, mm -hmm. My agent's great about that. Um, about asking me about, you know, if there's right, rules that are like not quite in my wheelhouse, mm -hmm. um, she'll be very good about asking me if I'm comfortable with it. Um, but yeah, I, I say yes more, much more often than no, because mm -hmm. I hate being bored and I, I'm much better functioning as a human for myself and everyone around me when I'm busy. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say like, I feel like even if you were just in the writer's room for Jan right now and you were producing Merchie, I feel ah. like you would be busy. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot even in itself. Yep. Okay, I want to admit something. I'm gonna finish this water and then I want to admit something to you. Very quickly. Sure. Ugh, okay, <laughs> for the listeners, it's like they can't see me drinking this water. They're just gonna hear it and it's gonna be awful, but like, enjoy. <laughs> Drink along with us. Okay, so this was years ago. And this is one of those things, like I've just been running through my head, Nilu, and I keep meaning, I, I mentioned it to a friend because I was torturing myself about it. And she's like, you just need to tell, I didn't mention your name. It's like, you just need to tell this person. Okay. okay. So years ago, you asked me to perform on Yaz Queen with an all-female <laughs> improv troupe that I was on. 
This is like back yeah. in like 2016 or something. And I remember going so back and forth because I was, my hands are getting sweaty because I loved and respected the show so much. And in my head, oh, so I should give, I should preface that myself and the whole troop were white. And mm-hmm. so are white, not were, mm-hmm. they're all still alive, are white. Um, mm-hmm. But there are many times, especially, oh, actually only in this career where um, I get mistaken, people think that I am not white. Right. So when you right. asked me, I immediately, I thought like, oh no, maybe she thinks, I think you checked with me actually, you asked me. And you gave a date and I ended up not being able to do it. And then again, later, another performer uh, was booked on the show and asked me to perform with them. And I declined because I was like, I don't deserve space on that show. Like I'm so, I I felt like I would be up there and everyone would think like, you're so a part of the problem right now. What are you doing up there? So I declined. And here's what I realized later is that here I am trying to be like, oh, well, I don't want to take up space that I shouldn't be taking up, but I have the producer and creator of the show asking me to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And so I am basically just disrespecting you in your <laughs> space. No, this, but truly this is how I, this is like, I'm, but I am, I'm like, oh, I know better than the creator and producer of the show about what this show is about. So anyway, it's about making decisions about the show. So I just, right. for myself, even I had, I am sorry. I needed to apologize about that because that felt so weirdly backwards in my head for so many years. Okay. And I've never had the guts to tell you. And I was like, if I get her on the podcast, I just have to use, I have to just do it. I have to just tell her. I'm sorry that you felt that way. I don't feel that way at all. I, I, yeah, that's, that's a hard, that's a hard place to be. I made an assumption and I asked what your background was. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But if you didn't feel like taking up the space, it's such a personal decision. Like there's no, there was no animosity for me thinking that I, <laughs> I know, I know everything and I need you to be on well, the show. about that show you do, it's your show. Here, here's maybe the caveat too, is that um, I really wanted to do the show. So I think I felt guilty about, I was like, I want to be a part of this show in any way I can. So like, yes. And then I felt guilty about wanting to be a part of it. And then I felt yeah. sad for not being a part of it. So it just, right. but, but in all of that, I let my own shit fog the fact that I completely undermined you. And so I apologize for that. That's I, I you deserved you, better than that. Yeah. I felt no offense in any regard about that. I'm sorry you were carrying that for so long. Well, very often, I think like you replay these moments in your mind and you realize like, like you said, I'm the only one replaying this moment. Like this is not, you know, but, uh, but thank you for asking me and reaching out. And like, I felt so valued as an artist when you asked me truly, because I really respected and still respect the show. So like, I felt really cool to be asked. Thank you. I'm I'm glad you felt that. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And if you ever need anybody to help out with the show, post, whatever, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my free labor is available anytime okay. to help out with the show because I, yeah, yeah big <laughs> supporter. Um, okay. Well, to finish up uh, on your podcast, you would ask your guests at the end, like a handful of questions that was pulled from or inspired by the, I might say this wrong, the Proust, Proust questionnaire. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Proust questionnaire. That's Proust. right. So 
I sort of made my own little like handful of questions for you. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. exciting. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. When was the last time that you felt victorious? <laughs> oh, uh, <no>. yesterday. <laughs> oh, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Um, do you feel comfortable sharing what, why you felt victorious <laughs> yesterday? Uh, <laughs> just, just nice work news. Just good things that, nice. that I didn't know that, you know, I had a lot of self-doubt for a long time and um, it was just something that kind of validated me and made me feel like, oh, no, okay, I, I know what I'm doing. Congratulations. Yeah, thank That's you. That's fabulous. That's thank fabulous. Uh, love it. Um, okay, three words to describe your ideal vacation. Ooh, hot, um, watery. <laughs> <laughs> moist. <laughs> yeah, moist. Um, uh, and sunny. Hot, moist, and sunny. I love it. I, I yeah. All right, let it ride. No, yeah. I added the moist. Let's no, no. No, no, no. That's Hot, probably, watery, that's and sunny. That's probably it. correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. Um, what's something that you're very particular about? Um, I don't know. Um, I think probably a lot of things, but uh, probably food comes to mind. Mm. Have you always been like, as a kid, were you particular about food as well? I just grew up in a family that was very focused on food. So mm. I think I've realized in my adulthood that I'm also very focused about food. Uh, and I didn't really realize that for a long time, but now mm. it's clear. I like it. Like I love cooking and, um, I, there's something about meal times that m means something to me. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so nice. Um, okay. If you were a contestant on match game, what six celebrities would make up your dream panel? Match game. Okay. Mm. Wow. That's good. Um, six celebrities. You can choose uh, four if you don't want to choose six, but. No, we can go for six. Okay. I'd love uh, it. I'd pick uh, Tom Cruise. Um, I'd pick Maya Rudolph. Oh, uh, I, yeah. I pick, um, Oprah. These are so generic, aren't they? Everyone. Who else great. This? Um, I, um, who would I pick? Um, I pick Rihanna. Um, I wish I could think of like more creative, famous people to think about. Don't judge it. It's your, it's your dream celebrity dream panel. Well, yeah, I and guess so. Um, who else would I pick? I can't think of anybody. Like, I, so for some reason, George Clooney's coming to my head, but I don't oh. think that's actually a thing. I don't think that's true for me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Nicole Kidman, just to see how that happens with Tom. Oh, interesting. That'd be fun. Um, I want to pick someone who's not like a movie star celebrity just to mm. seem like I'm cool. And like well-rounded as a human being. I already uh, think that you're very cool and well-rounded. So, oh God, I mean, that's um, what's that? Margaret Atwood. Let's, let's do that. Right. What's that? What's that? What's that Margaret, Margaret Atwood? Fabulous. Never read a book, but I feel like she's <laughs> probably give some interesting answers. <laughs> yeah. When you're picking your, when you're picking your dream panel, are you picking people that you think would think like you, so you'd get points or who you just want to like see what they would say? I'm literally thinking about people that I can picture in my head right now. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. 
really how on the spot I feel by that question. And thank you for that. <laughs> oh, well, if, thank Hey, you. this is just what you want right now. If you actually go on match game, like they'll recheck and they'll ask you yeah. again. Awesome. Thank you. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My last question for you is so on your podcast, you would always ask people which golden girl they are. And I have never, and again, this was something I was nervous about because I was like, references. I've never seen an episode of Golden Girls. Okay, so yeah. I'm wondering, again, I feel like I'm putting you on the spot. What Golden Girl would you say that I am? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think you are Rose. Okay. With touches of um, Dorothy. Oh, Rose is a very sweet hearted, uh, innocent um, type. She's a bit, they play her very dim witted on the show too, but it's just this like sweetness that comes out from her and she's kind of dumb. Uh, and Dorothy, thank you very, so much, Nilo. <laughs> Dorothy's a very like sharp feminist type of uh, vibe. Who oh, I love that. Yoga. Yeah. That's okay, so I'm like a sweet hearted, dumb feminist. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> in the nicest way possible. I love it. Who would you be like? Who do you resonate with now? Who would you be now? Oh, Dorothy. You're Dorothy. Dorothy. You're a straight up Dorothy. Oh, so you think we're a little alike? Yeah, for sure. I'm really flattered by that. And I'm just yeah, going to say it. Hey, I think it's cool. Yeah. Great. I want to add something. Yeah. Just because we, the conversation went off on a tangent uh, when you, when you mentioned Bobby Homer. And I just oh, wanted yeah. that. Bobby, know if he's listening that I love him very much. And I wasn't trying to diss him whatsoever. I think he's a wonderful human being and I cherish Aww. him. Oh, yeah. well, I'm sorry if you've been carrying that for this whole conversation. <laughs> I have. The whole time I was like, I have to correct this because I feel like Bobby's going to hear it and be like, whoa, are you? Oh, no. I will also say anytime I've been around either one of you, uh, I can tell you really care about each other as friends. Like you guys seem really sweet. Yeah. He helped yeah. me move into this place. Oh, he did? Yeah, he did. He's a good guy. He is a good guy. I forget yeah. why we brought him up. Oh, because he wrote a series. He wrote a web series. And in it, I didn't even know what ASMR was. But he wrote it into the script for my character. So I had to do, they had to film me doing some ASMR. And I just had to Google it and be like, what is this? Oh, that's um, very cool. That's what it was. Yeah, I don't listen to it either. That's got his finger on the pulse, you know? <laughs> he, he really does. He really knows what's hot on YouTube. All right. Mm -hmm. So I am going to down this glass of water. I didn't make it till Great. the very end. I didn't make it. Me there's, there's still a few, but maybe by the end of the night before I go to sleep. I'll That's what it. it is. Listen, I will finish this by the end of the night for mm -hmm. you and for us. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm doing that as if it's as if it's like really strong. I'm just like, I'm drinking it so fast that my throat hurts. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. It's like poison. It's just like poison. It totally is. Yeah. Um, well, Nilo, I just want to say thank you so much for you doing this with me today. Thank you, Amanda. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm very blue right now. I feel this like <laughs> very blue. My lighting is horrible, but I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad to have done this with you. It was very fun. It was. And like, I, uh, yeah, when I, you were like one of the first names I thought of, of like, oh, I finally have to just fucking sit down and talk to her for more than three minutes and just be open that. Right. Uh, so next time I think I'm just going to, next time I see you, which with these times, who knows when that will be. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to, I feel like I can just be more myself. <laughs> my more, yeah. more I, my Rosie Dorothy. No, Rose. Rose. <laughs> oh, 
Bark. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage podcast. If you liked what you heard, please help me out by leaving a rating or a comment on your Apple podcast app or on YouTube or wherever you might be listening from. And if you're like me and you have an awful memory or you just don't want to have to remember when the next episode comes out, hit that subscribe button and the newest episode will automatically download for you. Just like magic. I love it. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Liquid Courage Podcast and on Twitter at Liquid C Podcast. And if you're still listening, I want to remind you that a pandemic is still taking place. And I don't say that to be a buzzkill or to scare you, but to ask you to please, please continue or start wearing your mask when you're out of your house and around other people. We should be treating people how we want to be treated. And if you want to be safe and healthy, respect the health and safety of the people around you. Please. Thanks again for listening. It means the world to me. Stay safe and take care. Thank you.